You're with Pastor Troy right here. We're getting excited. we got a special program for you. You're going to be seeing over the next few weeks until we get ready for season two. You're going to be seeing the best of the On The Dock season one. These will be coming at you hard and steady. I want you to get them out there. Check them out. Help us get them out to your friends. We want to see you on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes as well. But this is the best of, get this, the best of season one. Get ready for it. We're going to be coming at you with a super season two coming up this August. We'll see you soon. Enjoy this episode of On the Dock season one. Best of. Memphis Sound on the dock of the bay. You can hear a little bit of that Dustin Griffin tickling those keyboards. We got that song. It's a Georgia song, but we came back and gave it a little Memphis feel. I'm Pastor Troy Benetton sitting on the dock of the bay here at, uh, with Pastor Troy. We got a great show planned for you. And I just want to remind you, first of all, that at the dock here, we're all about conversations. We want to have conversations in a safe place on the dock. We've got these beautiful lawn chairs. You guys are in it. We're sitting here with a hundred year old plus cottonwood, a slab right out of the center of a cottonwood tree. And we're going to sit here in the safety of the breakers. We're at the harbor. We're tied up. And we're basically going to have a conversation that we hope will be something that will help other believers, other Christians, other friends of ours out there. We're hoping it will be something that will deepen their life, thicken their life, and help them explode in their faith and propel them out from the shallows into the deep. That's what we're all about at On The Dock. And On The Dock is available as a podcast download or as a YouTube or or video service on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And you can find us at YouTube and you can subscribe there and find us there as well as iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku. If you have Roku TV, download the SermonNet app. Look for On The Dock with Pastor Troy. We are at Rumble and the SermonNet app. Great app there. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Telegram. You can chat, communicate with us, and any kind of information we have, we'll try to put it there for you so you can see it there. And On The Dock, we ask you, when you go to those sites, get subscribed on those platforms, like, share, notify. If you hit the notification, it'll let you know when our next podcast comes up. Uh, Please reach out, make comments, and all those things. And finally, uh, we're available on Patreon. We're Patreon partners. If you'd like to partner or be a sponsor of our On the Dock with Pastor Troy, just check out our Patreon site. Look up the On the Dock with Pastor Troy. If you can't find it that way, you can go to our website at onthedock.org and you can find all of our links to all of our platforms, how to download them and all that. There's also a viewer right there to watch it on and you can find our archives and all those things as well. And you can email us at info at onthedock.org if you would like more details. We're now here in the studio here and we're focusing in on this series on the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and the Nation of Coaches series. We've had Roger Leip with us for about three episodes. And in this part four, we're going to be looking at FCA coaching partners and getting your student athletes connected. We have an incredible team here at the table here. We're going to tell you about the first one, and then I'm going to let him make introductions here in just a second. And so we're getting ready here, guys, uh, to introduce you guys and welcome you officially here. But Roger Leip's no stranger to us. Uh, He was here with us in the Pastor Troy's mentor series 
interviews with Fred and Shane Bishop. He's been with us here in the first three episodes. But Roger has been working with Fellowship of Christian Athletes for 27 years, and he decided to go start over. So he started with the Nation of Coaches <laughs> just recently. He's, a, he's, he's starting over. But he's coming in as the character coach director for them. What an appropriate role for him. And I'll tell you what, he has done great work there. Roger's been serving a long time, and we know from – already talking to Roger. Roger's got, got great work there, and we're looking forward to see what he's going to do. He's got prolific books and blogs and all those kind of things, and Roger's been married. I, I like his wife better than him. Sharon is just a great person, and uh, I just appreciate her. The fact that she can deal with Roger, it means that I mean, she handled the whole entire Saluki football team. She can handle you. No doubt. No doubt. And so they've got a beautiful, uh, wonderful son, beautiful daughter-in-law, and two grandchildren. One more than me. I got to get my, my kids got to get more productive. I got one granddaughter. I love her, but she needs help. She needs more, more, more grandkids. You, 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 we'll find out about these guys and see what they've got going on in a second. So we're excited. Roger, as part of your co-host duties today, your first task as on-the-dot co-host today is to introduce your fine guests we have at the table today. Outstanding. Thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be doing this. Uh, these are your guys that I've known and respected and loved for a long, long time in their respective roles. And I get to tell you a little bit about each one of them. We'll start over here on my right with Nathan Emmerich coaching at Carterville High School. He's a head volleyball coach. remember him when he was an SIU baseball player and watching him grow and develop as a young man, as a believer, then as a husband, then as a father. And watching his career in coaching really blossom and, and flower has been really, really good. Uh, sitting beside him is Coach Shane Garner, also played baseball at SIU. remember watching him at Wren Lake when he played basketball and baseball at SIU, then became a pitcher at SIU, watched him. We went to Honduras together in 2005 and made a mess of things there, but we had a great time and <laughs> uh, had a great time coaching baseball and a bunch of other things, but what a great event that was. And now watched Shane also become a husband and a father and coaching the head basketball coach at um, – Cesar Valera High School, crushing it up there. And uh, and then Coach Kerry Martin is significantly older than these two guys. Oh, my. And he's dating the coach. <laughs> but is doing a phenomenal job continuing to coach. He just retired from teaching, but is continuing to be the head football coach at Marion High School. Uh, watched him earlier at two or three other schools and watching his coaching develop over time. Uh, this guy, I think, does a phenomenal job uh, of coaching not only coaching his players, but coaching his coaches on his staff, developing those guys in their own coaching lives, how their style, how do they coach, all that. I see great things in all of these guys. I respect them all tremendously just because of their integrity. And they seem to have a grasp of why they coach even more than how they coach. And that's uh, transformational in my mind. That's amazing. Coach Martin, is that is that a grandbaby in, in that picture? It is a grandson. Yeah, I have two now, actually, since that picture. Pull that mic over. So, uh, that's my uh, that's my first grandson, and I have a, a second one just born. You're more productive. Your kids are more productive than mine, too. <laughs> I want to make sure you knew that. Yeah. Golly. <laughs> I've got two grandsons. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Hey, I had a guy at Father's Day. We did the most, the, the dad in the room with the most grandchildren. We, we got to six, and I was down to two men. So I just said, okay, what's your top? And the guy said, well, I'm at six. I said, what's your top? He said, I got 12. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. He said 12. So I, I turned around and thought he's going to win the cup. We had a Contigo <laughs> cup to get it and, and I, I came and said come on up here I said you know what you're gonna do you're gonna lay hands on me and bless Amen. me <laughs> so the guy prayed for me I thought then I as I was walking back I think if I got 12 I'm having trouble with Christmas presents or one or two <laughs> exactly. I'm not exactly. sure you know exactly. so congratulations Thank coach. You so two, much. Two, thanks for having you guys here on the dock and we're excited about having you guys in here and uh well I just just want you guys to understand in part one Roger and I were talking about the whole idea of sharing and living your faith in the public arena you guys are doing that your head coach 
coaches. I don't know. There's probably very few talk shows that have a head volleyball coach, a head basketball coach, and a head football coach all sitting down, and we're going to have one. We got one ethos behind us, and that's the, the, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ behind that. And and, and what's great is we get, you got a love for kids, a love for coaching, a love for competition, and we've got a unique group here, so it's going to be great. We're going to ask you guys some of the same things about that because you face those. But I would like to start and get the leaders here, each of you in your in, in your different educational settings and stuff like that. I want you to think about this for a minute. Uh, every one of you have a different education setting, different academic uh, challenge. The world of education today is a bit of a den of iniquity. Just the world of education is a little bit of a challenge, wouldn't you agree? And the state of Illinois makes it sporty. I mean, I mean, the, the, the way things are coming down the pike and changes, you know, uh, we're, we're very fast with that. And today, it seems like a lot of academia is almost running counterculture to everything. It, it just feels to us as Christians, it's like, whoa, you know, how much has changed? I can't imagine in Coach Martin's career of uh, thinking of where Christ is and how Christ was honored when you started coaching and where being a man of faith is today and what that's considered. We do still live in Southern Illinois, so we are fortunate to have administration, school board members, people mm-hmm. that share our faith. So we are in a little bit of a pocket of a world. But can you imagine doing what you do and who you are in Chicago, in New York, in Virginia today be very really challenging for our brothers and sisters and I think it's going to be more so for us today so so the world of academia today whether you're even at the high school level or maybe moving into the university level it tends to shudder at the concept of a mainstream orthodox evangelical or any form of Christianity that says Jesus Christ is my Lord and I'm um, I, and I'm unashamed and unapologetic it's amazing people are so unashamed and unapologetic of anything they do and say today except for the name of Jesus and he's got his clothes on I don't understand that, but that's the world we're in. And so I got thinking about this, and I want to lead our discussion off with this thought here. Romans 12, 1 through 2, really was the Lord put on my heart for you guys. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind you will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. How do you guys, just take in Romans, and all of you guys are believers, how do you... How do you start off, and we'll just start down the table with Nathan. How do you get yourself ready to get in the game and be a Romans 12 believer and answer the bell in your environment, in your job, and know that, you know, you can't communicate that necessarily, but you can live that, and it can become an expression of who you are? How do you do that with the challenges that everything you're up against today is kind of almost like a Goliath standing against you today? You know, I think for for me and and I'm I'm kind of in a unique situation because uh, since we moved to Carterville, uh, I get to go to work with my wife every every day who uh, teaches PE at Carterville, and uh, this is something we we talk about quite often together. Of how are we going to approach this? How are we going to handle this? You know, if if changes are made to curriculum or or policy or whatever, and and I think the biggest thing for us that we try to do is kind of just slow down, stay in the moment, um, <clears throat> not get too wrapped up into what might happen or what could happen or what, what I might have to teach or whatever. I think, I think our big thing is, man, we're just going to try and stay focused, uh, kind of where our feet are. Um, we're going we're gonna to focus in on, you know, I have a, a post-it note on my, my laptop in my classroom, and it simply just says, like, what's Jesus doing right now? That's good. And, and I think uh, – I just try to kind of focus on that of what is what is Jesus doing in the moment in in my classroom and in my students and my coworkers, um, 
And, and I think that's been a big help for us to just not get so concerned and overwhelmed with what might happen. Um, because I know one thing, I know that regardless of the decisions that are made in Illinois with education, um, there's not a concern that I'm going to get murdered because of my faith in Jesus anytime soon. So, <laughs> Very um, good. you know, I, I think because of that, like, it's like, okay, I can, I can pump the brakes on the fear and I can just live it day to day and just focus on what is Jesus doing right now in the moment. Good. That's outstanding. Good. Outstanding. Uh, Co- Coach Shane, what, what, what's your take on it? You know, I have to agree with Nathan a lot on that. Um, I teach physical education, and right now there's a lot of things that could be happening down uh, the physical education pipeline uh, with different <laughs> things and of all the stuff that's going on. But, but just as the scripture says, I, I think the one thing that is for me to focus on is, is my life is an act of worship, oh, wow. how I attack everything, how I behave, how I show. And so even though I can't go in and technically share the gospel with someone, I can share the gospel with someone with how I'm living my life and also how I'm handling things. And just like Nathan said, I think a big thing for me is not getting caught up in all of the what could happen, the coulda, the shoulda, what, all of that things, and letting that take me out of actually where I am. You know, he talked about staying present. And I think that is a huge thing for educators right now is just to stay present because you know what? There's still lives in front of you. There's still kids in front of you and you still have an influence on them. Mm -hmm. And just because there's this or that, that things that they might try to make us do, they can't make me be anything that I don't want to be. You know, my heart belongs to Jesus. And so my actions should represent that. And no one can do that. You know, I, I think there's one thing I always tell people that, we get in a lot of arguments a lot of times about that. But one thing people can't argue me about is my story. That's right. My story is my story in the way that Jesus transformed my life. Yeah. And no one can argue that. And so it's just me living my life the way I know I should be living it. You know, you guys are just two of you very similar in your answers. I really like it. Either, normally as coaches, I, I, I coach football up and through high school for about 20 years, coach my kids through the tikes up and stuff. And, you know, as coaches, you're always looking at preparing for scenarios, you know, fourth and one, goal line, ex- extra time. You're always preparing for the scenarios. For you guys to disengage that and go, I'm not going to be run off the rails based on the what ifs and the scenarios, the coaching instinct is to be ready for everything. You know, your thing is let's get in the moment now. We're in the game. We're not – the preparing's done because you know who you are. So you know you have what you need to execute. I love the fact that you're not going to be derailed by the, the blowing of the wind. Love that. Coach Martin, let's hear from you. Well, they gave – you know, those are, those are amazing answers. Absolutely. Great young coaches. And, I, you know, I think that's the big thing is having that quiet time and making sure you're centered in Christ before you take on whatever the world's throwing at you. And I think, you know, your Bible study, your – your prayer time of surrounding yourself with, with godly individuals, your church people that can help, you know, strengthen you. So when those storms come and those challenges come, you're not driven off the road. Those, you've got those guardrails up. And I think, I think about the early church. You know, one of the things that when, when the Romans were out persecuting Christians, one of the things the Christians did was they didn't shrink from their faith. And what they did was they were just doing things no one else was doing, and they were serving in ways no one else was serving. And it forced through this persecution, people to say, what's different about those people? So in the midst of that persecution, they didn't change who they were. Just like Shane said, they continued being who they were because they knew who they were. And that service during that troubled time and those trying times is what exploded the church growth at some point in a place that they were facing true persecution. So we're not facing anything like that 
At least not yet. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we don't want to lose who we are, lose lose what we're doing, get caught up in all that stuff. Because you can. You can watch the news and get caught up in it and start to feel frustration and anger. you got to take a deep breath and pull back and say, I know who I am, and there's opportunities every single day to serve the Lord. That's yeah, I, you know, right now you hear a lot that we're kind of moving in a Marxist way. I, I, I see that. I, I feel that. Well, I think we all feel that. But we're not in that world. We may be going that way, but we're we're a long way from that. And how we respond right now will determine, you know, the fiber of what the next generation is. If we just panic and go to fallout shelters and keep desegregating as a society, segregate, the separation that's taking place is devastating right now. And people running around angry, frustrated, worked up, rather than just relaxing and trusting in the world. Don't you know the early disciples in Acts? They faced all kinds of worse stuff than oh, we did. I mean, and Paul got beat down so many times it was ridiculous. Let me add this one more thing to it. I think a lot of times Christians in the United States have not really had to have their faith challenged. That's right. And so this is not new to people outside the United States. It's something they deal with every single day. Every day. So for the first time, we're seeing real challenges to our faith. We'll find out what we're made of. Yeah, and we're and we're finding out we've been a little lax. So we've got room to get. We still have the freedom to get back in the game. You know, other places there's no game. And and you know, we talk about being hungry here. Till you've been to Liberia, till you've been mm-hmm. in Honduras, certain places, like you know. We don't even know what hunger is, you know, the the rest of the world. So we've got some room, but I think we need to get busy. And I think the way to do it is, is good. We need good character coaches. We need good leaders and mentors. Let me ask you how the the main question here is serving in the public arena without compromise. You've given us a little bit of hint of that here. So let me go back down to, to Nathan, uh, coach, how, how have you survived? How have you thrived? I mean, and, and, and I'm hoping, you know, I see you growing in your career each and every day and, and, and new ceilings for you coming that you're going to take on new opportunities. How are you thriving despite all this and not compromising on who you are as a child of God? Uh, you know, I think f- is it, the big thing is trying to be as consistent as possible, you know, and, and am I all the time? Absolutely not. Do I have moments of, of dryness and, and distance from, from Jesus because of, you know, just life gets in the way and, and I am not making that choice to spend time with him on a daily basis. And next thing you know, it's like, man, I wonder why, like my heart's the way it is. Oh, it's probably cause I haven't read my Bible in a week or two weeks or, three weeks, you know, and it's like when, when I'm in relationship with him consistently, um, it, it just seems like the, the wisdom is there, the discernment's there, um, the consistency's there. And, and I think the big thing is, is this thought of, even if, even if things don't go my way, I'm going to be okay. Um, and when, when I'm, you know, when I'm feeling dry and distant like that, it takes me a while to get to that thought yeah. of like, but, but I'm going to be okay. Excellent. You know, it's pretty easy in today's world to kind of just go down the rabbit hole of, man, this life really sucks and it's really hard and That's it's really good. terrible. And, and yet when I think when I'm, I'm close to Jesus and spending quality time with him, um, I pump the brakes a lot faster than I normally do. Good quality time. Yeah. Coach Gardner, tell, give, give us your perspective on not on, on maintaining without compromise, especially in this world. You know, it's exactly like what Nathan said. I, I think the most important thing is is staying in tune 
with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's also good. the other part of that is, you know, I, I coach in my hometown. I coach where I grew up. I coach where I went to high school. And so that has its own obstacles in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but what that has done for me has made me have to become very honest with myself. There are people who know everything about me, everything right. I've done, all the bad. And so when, when you make a, a public stance on who you are now, people know who you used to be. <laughs> um, and so the way to stay amazing is that I'm one, being honest with myself, but number two is, uh, you know, if, if that's called out, then yes, I agree with it because yes, that is who I was, but let me tell you who I am now. And the reason why I can be that way now is because of the support systems I have, that's great. um, you know, a pastor, I have an elder who's my next door neighbor. I have a wife who is very caring and loving, and I have a people, a group of people at church who care about me and understand the stuff that I'm in, uh, yeah. understand the different things. And so like Nathan said, You've got to stay involved. You've got to stay in tune. You've got to stay consistent. It's just like in the sport. If if we only visit our sport every so often, we're not going to be very good at it. That's right. You know, and we got to walk with the Lord. And I was just reminded as Nathan was talking about, you know, and Matthew talked about, you know, building your house upon the sand or on the rock. You know, storms are going to come. Mm-hmm. They are going. It is going to happen. That's great. And not just building it on the rock. I think we've got to tap into the rock. You know what I mean? Oh, Because when that. rocks get wet, they get slippery. So there's still <laughs> there some go. stuff there. And yeah. so not only that, we've got to tap into it. So not only are we going to church and being a part of these things, but we've got to tap into the Lord. We've got to tap into the Spirit. And we've got to walk with Him daily. And, and through that, you know, things might not happen, but we're going to be in it. And the more we're in it, that's really the more we're going to get revealed to us. And I think that's the way to be able to to stay the course whenever we're walking through that. That's really rich. Well that's really rich. Coach Coach Martin? You know, I'll, I'll take it <clears throat> another level, another, another place, uh, not to repeat what those two young men just said, which was awesome. But, um, you know, I've spent the last several years listening to people complain about social media and different things, which has a, can have a detrimental effect. Absolutely. But at the same time, the access that we now have to coaches online, who can be an inspiration to us. For sure. In the last three days in a row, I've listened to Dabo Sweeney, Urban Meyer, and Lou Holtz. Three talks they gave. All three mentioned God. All three mentioned their relationship with the Lord. I need to hear that. Yeah, that's good. You know, when I was a young coach, there were guys that mentored me, and they didn't even know they did. Ron Brown at Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, Tony Dungy, sure. uh, first person I met at Black Mountain, North Carolina, no he, a guy getting out of a, of a Minnesota a license plate van was Tony Dungy. And that? I watched him, and I was a young coach, and uh, that was an inspiration to me to see what kind of faith he had. Lou Tepper at Illinois. Yep. I was 26, 27 years old, a head coach, not sure what I was doing. And there's Lou Tepper at Illinois leading in a godly way yeah. at a university and doing it and doing it well. So. I think not only your daily relationships, having Roger Leip in your life uh, through the year, uh, through the years I've been coaching, your your church, your pastor, my coaching staff is full of Christian men. It's incredible. You've got to surround yourself with that. But there's also external people you you can research and listen to, get those positive inputs that strengthens you. Because you know, then you know you're not alone and you're not fighting a fight that someone else hasn't done. So... For me, it's it's a lot of different things, but it's getting that, you know, the good stuff in, making sure I can get the good stuff out. 
That's incredible. Good stuff. One thing I think about is, you know, Nathan, you made me think about it very heavily, and then and Shane, you came right on it. And you talked about this in the first round, but doing the, the quiet time, that daily time with the Lord, that I, I just want to call that the daily. You get up, you do your exercise. But, in, you know, in coaching, you got out, you, you got you got to get your weights in, you've got to get your drills in, you got to get you, you got to get the things going that kind of get you ready. And then when you get on the playing field, you can execute. So what I'm hearing here is you need to have the daily things happening so when the field comes at you, you, you're ready to respond to it, not out of, you know, you, you, there's two things you do in football. You can react or, or, or you can execute. And I think it's better to be ready to execute what's in you than to have to react to everything in the world. Our world is so reactionary now, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, look at Shane. Right, you think Shane went to the gym one time this month? Oh, <laughs> I mean, come on. So, but but it, he he looks the way he does, and you know that's a testimony, right, to his work ethic in that weight room. So he's a strong guy, but he's a strong guy because of the discipline to take care of his dailies. Absolutely. So our faith is the same way. It doesn't show itself like that on the exterior, but when people meet you and talk to you and are exposed to you. They're going to know whether you're doing your dailies or not. But you said if we're drilled down on the rock, I I think it does. what you're saying is you need to not just be in the rock, but tap conned into that rock. And if you've got those dailies being done when the storm blows and the wind comes, your house will stand. Amen. And that's why we have the lighthouse sitting on the rock. Because on the dock, our goal is, is to give people tools to get out of the shallows into the deep, but also knowing with their relationship in Christ, that light will get them back home. And you can come tie up there. And that lighthouse isn't going anywhere. You can get a little rest, get a little recovery, and get ready to get back out there in the deep because he can support us. So, all right, great, great answers, guys. Let me go, let's go. With the, let me go with round four here. Uh, this is a coach. I'm going to start with you this time. You're up first. Get the get, get Coach Martin up. Get the senior guy up. You've been at this long enough. I don't know if these guys can answer this yet. We'll find out. But you've been at this long enough to possibly have students who you coach that are now parents of more students you've coached or maybe they're even teachers or their administration now so you've got to see some reproduction what has that been like to see players become parents maybe maybe co-colleagues with you or, or so i would have known this until it started happening and one of the great blessings of this business has been to have so many people on my staff that played for me watching them become fathers and husbands and raise their children right in front of me and see them come to after after game get togethers and yeah. and be able to see them become fathers after you know I watch them as kids uh, also having kids come into my program whose fathers I coached mm. you know and now you've got that going so um, it's it's one of the great blessings a hidden blessing that I didn't expect didn't know what that would be like would it make me feel old it, it doesn't really it just uh, mm-hmm. you you coach as long as I have I mean uh, you know, we, I've got some some young men in Sparta right now that are that are not that far behind me. I took a head coaching job at 25. Oh wow! So I've got some young men that are in their late 40s that played for me. So yeah. uh, <laughs> it's it's you know. So I think that that's been really cool. And I think I'm I, I had a 20th anniversary of the '96 championship team at Carterville, and one of the great things was the before the game that we went there to watch and be commemorated at halftime was seeing how many of them seeing them as fathers listening to their stories and finding out how they are now in adulthood after some great football careers and, and just the feeling of watching them as dads, man, that was yeah. just amazing. So let me ask you a speed round. This is going to be a speed round question. I'll go back down to Nathan here. Did, what, did any of you guys coach anybody back? Have you cycled anybody yet? No, haven't, haven't got to, to that stage yet, but the stage I have reached now is where my guys are, are now starting to get married. Oh They're starting yeah. To have kids. Um, and so, the big games, kind yeah. of the big and, games. And so there's stuff happening, but but it's great because you know, 
you know, I, I became a head coach at the at 30 years old. And so I'm still trying to figure out stuff on my own, you know, at that point in time. But now to see them here, it, it's like seeing that, the, that first fruits of, you know, exactly. you, you put it in there and, and now you're starting to see it. And so, you know, I think that's one thing as, as coaches is when you try to coach the way that we do, you don't see that instant effect. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's exactly. delayed. It's delayed. And, and I'm just now starting to get into that sweet spot where I'm starting to see. That's it. And while you want to win the season, you want to win the trophies, you really want to see these young men, young women grow up into being just champions down the road. You're going to start seeing some of that. You've got to see a little bit of that. You're going to see more of that. I got a speed round question for you. Here you go. This, this question is, what is that, that key thing that, that keeps you, we've talked a little bit about this a lot, but I, I want the one, the speed round, to help somebody out there on the dock, they're sitting with us, they're wanting to know, how do I keep from compromising in my workplace, in my school, in my, in my wherever I'm at as a Christian? What is that thing? Because you guys are in that environment now, which is at the front of the spear. You've got angry school board meetings going on. You've got you've got every kind of theory coming down y'all's throat. The academia has always been the place where all they, they test all this stuff. So even, even though you're at the high school level, you still get that. It's all over the country right now. How, how do you tell people that to be you without compromise? Give, give me each a speed round tool to get. We want to equip people to get out there. What, what's yours, Nathan? Uh, work where your wife works. <laughs> she's not scared to keep me grounded when uh, things go awry. Um, I understand your wife's a competitor too. Uh, a smidge, yes. Um, Who, who's the most competitive, you or her? Depends on what we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> Roger may have told a story about you in one of the previous yeah. episodes. Yes, yeah, 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 it depends yeah. on what we're doing. Yeah, um, that's, gr- that's great. So work where your wife works. Yes. If you can't work where your wife works. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I think... I think the big thing is you just got to know who Jesus is. And to you, personally. To, 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 yeah, and you got to know who he is and what he stands for. And and I think Shane mentioned it earlier, like, you got to constantly go back and remember, like, your story and where Jesus has brought you from. And, and man, like, I was, as Roger would say, a knucklehead back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I've heard Roger say You know, and, and um, to think that, I'm the husband and father and and coach and teacher that I am today um, would be uh, I'd be nowhere near that without Jesus saving me and yeah, that's um, great. I think that's that's for me is is remembering what he's brought me out of and knowing that there are so many young kids and coworkers and and people around me that if they could only get a glimpse in it or a taste of who yeah. Jesus is, um, that man, he could rock their world and, and bring freedom to that. That's and I good. think, I think that's like, that's probably one of the biggest things is besides the dailies that you talked about, mm-hmm. I think just remembering, you know, what he's done for us. Your testimony. Basis. Yeah. We're, Revelation says we're saved by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I mean, it, that's, that's it. Yeah. You, you believe the word you, you've accepted it into your own life. You have a life, uh, Coach, Coach Gardner, what do you think? You know, I, I think I was given this advice, you know, a couple of years ago. We, we hired a, a co-head football coach by the name, a guy named Mike Rude. Coach Martin probably knows Coach Rude very but, but he gave me a, a specific information. I mean, he's 70-plus he's years old. He's been coaching longer than I've been alive. And he said, hey, now this doesn't revolve around, you know, the gospel. But he said, if you're doing things correctly, it doesn't matter what the noise is saying around you. Oh. And so I took that at, you know, as long as I am doing and living my life according to the way Jesus says I should live it, if I'm basing everything off of biblical principles, 
you know, and if I'm doing it correctly, if I'm doing it the right way, Nathan and I played for a guy who always, who, who always said, you know, do the right thing, do the right thing. And if I'm doing the right thing, all the other noise and all that stuff, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just noise. Because what I'm learning is I keep getting, and I'm going to use the word offended, when non-believers don't act like believers. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. It's like, why, why am I getting upset if they don't know Jesus? So why should they act like Jesus? Yeah, I don't you know, know why we're so surprised that they're being who they are. Exactly. Right. And so now, like, once I got that mind shift, it's okay. I'm doing the right thing. I know I'm doing the right, right. thing. You know, Jesus is confirming that in me. He's confirming it through other people. So all that other stuff is just And that noise. ties in with, with who you said you were earlier when you say, you know, driving yourself into that rock and connecting it so that when that comes, you're comfortable in who you are and you can stand faultless yourself. And it's almost to the point where we should expect it. Absolutely. 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 Sure. Absolutely. Coach, your speed your speed round on this. Uh, if you want a word in the speed round, it's relationships. And, oh, and so it, it's your wife, you know, having that relationship, having someone that keeps you centered or grounded – it's that relationship you have with your pastor. It's the relationship you have with your coaching staff, your, your Christian friends. I mean, and most of all, it's the relationship you have with Jesus Christ. I mean, that's, that's why you don't waver at the tip of the spear. Uh, you don't, because you absolutely know yeah. who you are. You know who you are. You know what Christ has done in your life. You have that testimony that Shane talked about. You have the wife that's your, your rock, as, as Nathan mentioned. So I think relationships with the Lord, with your friends, with your family, uh, th- that to me is, is what keeps you grounded, keeps you centered, and keeps you from getting blown around when the, when the storm really, comes. That's really good, yeah. really good. I wanna, I'm going to ask you one last round in this session. We'll be back in a minute in another podcast. People will be able to watch that in the next episode. But I want to give you my – I'm going to call this – you guys got me inspired to change this a little bit. I call it my Roy, my Roy Cole question. Uh, Roy Cole was a retired elder at the Heron Methodist Church. When I first started pastoring 32 years ago, uh, the, when I got ready to get – my ordination process, one of the things you had to do before you could take on your first pastoral role was you had to go interview a retired elder, somebody that had retired from the work or had been in the work for a season period. You had to do one season pastor of 30 plus years. One had to be plus 40 retired. And so I went and found Roy Cole. He, went, he attended the Heron Methodist Church. The other one was Gene Pribble. He was at Energy, which was my first appointment. And uh, Virgil Elmore was another one. These are old, old pastors, old, old holiness Methodist pastors. They weren't into all this stuff. They were just old-fashioned, love the Lord, Beulah Holiness Camp kind of guys. And so I went to Roy Cole. I said, Roy, I said, I'm getting this started. I got to write this paper. I need to know three things to do right, because someday I I hope to make it to your age and be retired successfully, not retired early because I did bad. He said, let me give you three pieces of advice. Number one, don't ever accept an appointment by your bishop to your home church. Because they will know who you are. You've got a, you're, you've, you've done better than Jesus did in Nazareth, my brother, yeah. Shane. So you're unique. But he said, number two, don't ever go to your wife's home church. They know who she is too. <laughs> number three, never go back to a church you once served. Because when you go back, you will not be the pastor that left. You will have developed, and they will think they knew who you were, and you'll never be able to change. It'll be frustrating for everybody. So give me those three pieces of advice. So I want you to guys, on the dock, we're trying to help people out there. There are out there. There are dads. There are moms that are going to be the next softball, volleyball coach, football coach. They're going to be doing whatever, and they're young. They're, they're, they're going to get their first head coaching Tykes team, their first head coaching Wee team, their first whatever. And they're, they're out there, and they're Christians, and they want to come in and lead this, and they want to be – 
they want to be uncompromised, like we've been talking about. So I want to hear from you. you. You guys, a lot of coaching experience here. So I want you to give these guys, these ladies, these future coaches of America, or future coaches of Honduras, they could be listening in around the world. I've got Thai people listening in. We, we want you to give them three or four quick pointers of how you would start their coaching career so that they could start it uncompromised and get it on the right tone as Christian head coaches. Um, three each or well, three you, no, no, you get three. Okay. No, you, I was like, no, oh, yeah. man, I don't know if we have no time for that. No, I'm okay if y'all summarize it. Give me three collectively. Yeah. We can work um, together. I, think, I like that. I think I think it it one thing that Carrie hit on is is relationships. I think if if you're if you're going to impact young people, they have to know you care about them, and by caring about them, you have to be willing to not only encourage them, but also have hard conversations. With more them. than the performance, more than the score in the end, and more than the end Yeah, of the because, goal. I right. mean, we could. You can get Tykes we, coaches. We, we you can get Pee Wee coaches that we, are serious. They think it's a Super Bowl. Life's going to end. I think, but it's not. Because, it's not. <laughs> you know, we, we could probably go down the line and uh, maybe mention a handful of kids that we've coached that have went on and played big time at the next right. level. You know, 98% of our kids are not going to do that. That's right. Um, and I think we have to get them understanding that they are developing people, not just players. Build real relationships yep. with them. Roger had mentioned in one of the first episodes, one of the things he said really good, he said when he was coming out of the gate, it's, he said, Roger says, it relationally, not programmatically. I know you have a program and you have a system to run, but you have to start that system by getting connected relationally. Yep. I think that's outstanding. How about one more? Let's give me two, at least two more, guys. Yeah, just to add to what Nathan just said, you know, when Roger and I were in Honduras, we went with a guy named <laughs> uh, Joe Thompson. <laughs> and Joe gave me a great word of advice. I was a young college kid getting ready to graduate. He said, here's the deal. He said, 0% of my high school baseball players have went on to play in the major leagues. 0%. 0%. Yeah. He said, but you know what? He said, 100% of them went on to become men. Oh, that's brilliant. 90% of them went on to become husbands. And 80% of them might become on to be fathers. He said, baseball's a game of percentages. He said, play the percentages. <laughs> and that so just good. like what Nathan that's said, if, if our focus is solely on developing you know, we talked about three-dimensional coaching. If, if it's solely developed on just developing the, the physical element, then we are completely missing the boat because that's not going to happen. I mean, it, it's going to end one day. You know, I, I, I'm a, an assistant coach for seven- and eight-year-old baseball right now, <laughs> and, and it is amazing how serious people take this. Oh, seriously. I mean, <laughs> our, job is, our job is to love these kids, to encourage them, and to grow their love for the sport that they want to play. Man, and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. And that is it. And and then over time, they'll make their choice on what they want. My daughter Addison's on an 11-year-old traveling softball team in, in Mississippi. They travel. They don't just travel. The parents have tents that set up now, and they even have air con units in it, their own generators with rocking chairs. I mean, and they they can <laughs> wagon up, it and up, switch up, fields up, almost up, immediately. Up, up, Do not knock the rocking chair. <laughs> the rocking chair. I can't even find I'm, one I'm around here. I'm you right now. <laughs> It is a game changer. changer. Now that, but the ge the generator, the generator that's, with fans. That's I mean. over. That's going too far. But the rocking chair, 
Must have. My wife was down there last week because the the kids were gone, and so she took Addison around. It was like 105 degrees going from game to game. She said by half by by about halfway through the day, she said the fan, the generator is starting to sound pretty good. (laughs) We've got the old. They have these wagons that pop up and put away and stuff. So she had her. We have our green flyer wagon. She says I just feel like just a poverty class person. (laughs) Each tent had a setup in it. Coach Martin, you got one. You got one more to help us out. We have these young coaches. You know. One of the big transformations in coaching since I've been in it is the idea that it culture has always been a part of coaching, whether you knew it or not. It's just now more intentional. Mm-hmm. What I mean by culture is what is, you, what is your program believe in? What, what are your expectations? What are your goals? What's your vision? I don't care if it's T-League or peewee ball or whatever you want to call it. There is room for culture. And I think to, to sit those kids down, have their parents there, and explain what the expectation is. This is what we're trying to do in this program. We're trying to, to develop love of the game, fundamentals, but we also want them to be better people. You talked about cleaning those locker rooms, cleaning those dugouts. Be a better teammate. Not just get better as a player, but make those around you better. Exactly. Explain those expectations. Hand them out. Talk about that for five minutes, even if it's peewee. Talk about it for five minutes every time you get together. Mm-hmm. Before the game, after the game, what do we learn? What do we expect? I think there's room for that. And it's something that when I got into coaching, I think I was doing, but it wasn't organized. It wasn't mm-hmm. intentional. It's yeah. just, and I had to sit down in the last seven, eight, nine years and put it on paper wow. and start teaching it to my players. And it has transformed the way we conduct ourselves, I think, as a program, yeah. the things, the little yeah. things that we do. Yep. So I think that's, that's the big thing is just promoting the culture you're trying to, to do. Maybe it's the expectations you have for your program, for your kids, and the expectations you have for the parents. That's yeah. great. Let, let me summarize this, and we'll wrap up here for this episode. But so basically, we get these guys together. we got incredible experience here. So if you're a young coach out there, you're, maybe you're going to be a first-time coach, you're out there at any level, they're saying, number one, relationships come first. Relationships are first. The program will follow. The rest will follow. Number two, uh, play the percentages. More of your players need life lessons than they need to figure out how to get to the pros. Th- th- those things will take care of themselves. Those performed athletes, they, they do. They-, they work it out. And then lastly, uh, build room for culture. I call it ethos, expectations. Lay that down, and both to the parent, to the kids. And then and then I guess you, you would say live it yourself as a coach. You need to develop it. So I think these are incredibly gifted tools. Now, we're going to come back in just a minute in, in a podcast number five, and that's going to be great. But I want to wrap up with this. I, I think this is a good word the Lord gave me today. I was reminded of St. Augustine's quote that truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Just let it loose, and it will defend itself. If you're built on the rock, you can take the storm. If the truth's in you and it comes against you, you you, you will not have to react. You'll be able to execute the will of God. And so I just hear Augustine saying, you know, hold your ground. We don't have to explain why we believe what we believe. We just have to believe. I believe. And sometimes we may have to say, help my unbelief at the moment, but I believe. <laughs> it worked good for the guy in the Bible. He did get, he got, he, his servant got healed anyway. So we're going to wrap up with this. We're going to be back here with an incredible conclusion, part five. It's a kind of a feature of ours, a roundtable discussion. We're going to open up the table, discuss some fun things, let these guys get turned loose. So we'll be back in part five, Fellowship Christian Athletes, Nation of Coaches. Uh, we've got Roger Leip with us. Roger, thanks for coming in and, and having us pleasure. here. Yeah, Man, I love these guys. I respect the way they coach, and it's fun to watch them uh, grow over the years. 
You can check out Roger's stuff at nationsofcoaches.com. You can also email him at rlipe at nationsofcoaches.com. Check that out. And also, just a reminder, uh, Roger's a prolific writer, guys. Look at all this. If you guys read all this stuff, you guys got it, right? It, but check that out. We have that available to you. You can also get on one of his blogs and get connected that way. We'll have all those in the show notes as well. And you can find out more about us at onthedoc.org. You can email us for any of this information. You want information, we'd love to give it to you at info at onthedoc.org. And again, you can watch us on whatever platform you're on now, but go check us out on the ones you don't know, which are YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and SermonNet. And feel free to send us some comments on our social media sites. Donna uh, Karnuski, our executive producer, is monitoring that at Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, and Twitter. Check that out and make sure you subscribe and like and notify and all that and help us get the word out about On The Dock. And you can always support us at Patreon and become an On The Dock partner. And by the way, if you don't have a church, go to church. Where, where do you guys go to church at? Uh, Vine Church, Carbondale, Illinois. Vine Church, Carbondale? Uh, Jesus Center, Cesar, Illinois. Jesus Center, Cesar, Illinois? Cornerstone. Cornerstone. All good churches. I'm going to encourage you, find a church, go to it. If you can't find any other church, we're always welcome to have you out at Community Faith Church, 10 o'clock on Sundays, 6.30 on Wednesday. They're our host church here. And uh, guys, any of these churches, great churches to go to. These are men of God. Good to have you guys in the house. Roger, where are you go to church? Lakeland Baptist. Lakeland Baptist. All good churches. Check that out. We'll see you back on our next podcast of On the Dock with Pastor Troy. Have a great one.